What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. Another episode of Subject to Change is underway. And we got Kyle Guy on the pod. And I appreciate him jumping on because he just flew home from Orlando. He's back in Sacramento with his two dogs in the background. If you hear him barking, mind your business because this is a good one. Buckle up. We got an hour of great content for you guys. Wait till you hear some of these stories at the end. How you been? Been good, man. Just got back from the bubble and just kind of um, and hanging out with my dogs, uh, getting acclimated to California time again. And not getting haircuts. That's what you've been doing. Oh, yeah. When's the last time you got a haircut? Um, probably right before quarantine started. So right before COVID-19. It's been about five months. I feel like not you, more. Bro, you're bipolar with your hair. You know that. You just jump all over the board. Yeah, pressure. School, yeah. High school sprout. Did you have a like a sprout in high school? No. So I had high school. I started with I had buzz cut freshman year. Sophomore year was like just a mop like this. Yeah. Junior year was just like kind of the slick over to the side with the fade on the sides for junior senior year. And then freshman year of college, I did the man bun, but I shaved the sides of my head. Um. And then sophomore year, I went to buzz cut. Junior year, went to like the little comb over. And then now here we are. You just, yeah, you're in a cycle of like buzz cut to flow and everything in between. You just keep, are we going to expect ponytail Kyle at any point? Um, maybe since, I mean, since our season's over and I don't really have to, you know, I don't have to impress anybody, I have to be in the public. I might just let it rock and see what happens. Yeah. I feel you. I feel you. So you say you're getting reacclimated to California time. You're out in Sacramento. Those are the people that don't know. Um, uh, I'll introduce you when we when we redo this. But uh, Kyle plays for the Sacramento Kings. Um, tell me about California, man. How you how do you like it out there? Um, it's obviously, I would assume, an adjustment from from Indiana. Yeah, for sure. So Midwest is pretty humid. Um, and then actually, last night when we landed, the first thing I noticed when I got off the plane was like no humidity. I was like, yes, thank the Lord. It was nighttime and it was still warm, which I love. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, the lifestyle is nice. Like, it's not like crazy fast paced like LA, but it's still you know, faster paced. Uh oh, dogs going crazy. That's all right. Uh uh. Hold on, real quick. Let me, let me get them some peanut butter real quick. You're good. Go. Kyle's going to give his dog some peanut butter. <laughs> What's crazy it. is, I just took them to the park for like an hour because I knew I was doing this. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they demand a lot of attention or what? Yeah, I got some active dogs. I got a Lab Husky and a Bernie's Mountain Dog Poodle mix. Hold on, you got a you got a Bernadoodle? Yeah. Dude, I didn't know you had a Bernadoodle. That's actually so funny because that's. Can you show? Can you bring it on here yeah. or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will. One sec. Why? Why do you do you have one? No, but that's like my dream dog. That's like, and you know, I'm not bullshitting because like nobody knows really like a Bernadoodle. That's pretty specific, but that's my dream right. dog. Really? Yeah, 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 I'll show you. Hold on. Dude, that's hilarious. And then you got a husky mix too. Those things are active. Come here. Oh, you're a great dog. Getting big on me. Say hi. Oh my gosh. Say hi. Say hello. Uh him, him yeah. or her? Uh they're both they're both guys. Both guys. What's uh what's the Bernadoodle's name? Have you uh, have you seen the movie Brother Bear? I have seen that. Yep. Okay, so uh, the oldest one is Kenai from that movie, and the Bernadoodle is Coda, Coda, also from that movie. Dude, 
what a good movie. That's that that throws you back. That's some nostalgic stuff. That's an underrated movie right there. It really is. It really, I, in terms of like Disney movies, I think that might be my number one. That's up there for sure. Who uh, are you? The creative one in the relationship, or did she come up with those names? Uh, she came up with Coda. I came up with uh, Kenai. I got. So she didn't even know Coda was from the movie. She just liked that name. And when she said it, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's all right, done deal." All right, sorry. Yeah, that's money. That's money. All, done. all right. What are we talking about? Talking about California? Yeah, we're talking about California. How, how much you? How much you love it? Or what do you miss about home or anything like that? Because you grew up in Indiana, right? Yeah, born and raised in Indianapolis, Indiana. Got a lot of family in Cincinnati, so I'm a Bengals fan, unfortunately. Um, what do you mean, unfortunately, you guys got Joe Burrow. You're good. Well, now now it's good, but, I mean, it's been a hard life, man. I'm 23 <laughs> now, and I haven't seen one playoff win. My dad's 42, and he hasn't seen one in almost 30 years. So, it's, uh, it's a tough life. <laughs> That's brutal. That's brutal. You a Packers fan? Big time. Die hard. Yeah, Cheesehead. there you go. I have a cheese hey, hey, there you go. I like that. I'm going to have to get it. That they're, you know, I keep seeing this stuff. I walk through our facility, they got ESPN on, and it's always Aaron Rodgers. This is last year. This is last year. We draft Jordan Love, and look, I, I don't know much about this guy, but damn, to get rid of a guy like Aaron Rodgers right now, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, yeah, nothing against him, but I would have drafted somebody else just because Give they've never one. drafted. They've never drafted a first round specialty player like wide receiver skill set. Yeah, Nothing. they they never give him a weapon ever, and he still makes it work. <laughs> he does. Yeah. He, if he, Joe if Joe Burrow is half the player he is, then I'm set for life. Yeah, you're 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 doing. I don't want to jinx it, but you're doing from for some playoff wins here. I'm I'm excited to watch Joe Burrow. He is a dog. I love him. Yeah, he's, love him. we're getting but, off track. Um, Talk about California. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. So, California, it's like I said, it's. It's not quite as fast-paced as L.A. It's a little more slow-paced, um, which is similar to Indianapolis in terms of size also. But just the weather, I'm close. The location's awesome. I'm an hour from Napa Valley, two and a half hours from Yosemite, two hours from Lake Tahoe. I'm a 40-minute flight from L.A. So it's, uh, it's nice. And it's the capital, which is, is pretty dope. So. You go out to – you've been to Napa yet? I went to Napa once, yeah. I went my, – uh, my uncle was out there, and he kind of – he surprised my aunt with that trip, and he was like, "Hey, we're gonna be out here. You wanna come?" So I came, and it was, it was a blast, man. You little little wine tasting? Are you into wine? I feel like as soon as you get into the league, first thing you do is like red wine. All of a sudden, it just becomes right. Red. No, yeah, you're so. I I'm not a big drinker to begin with, but I don't. Yeah. I really don't like beer. Like I really don't. I'll do a mixy <laughs> all night or a, or a glass of wine, but I don't like beer. <laughs> and um, so. I kind of drink wine a little bit, but it was more white wine. But yeah, once I got to the league, like this whole past month in the bubble, yeah, red wine every like every other night. Just some of the teammates, some of the trainers, we all were playing cards and freaking yeah. drinking red wine. What kind of cards do you guys play? Oh man, I think you know the answer. I play a little Bure. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I got you. Yeah, so play some bure. I I I'm so being from the Midwest, I can play cards. Any any type of game, euchre, spades, rummy, you know, you name it, I can play it. Yeah, so I, I like that. 
that is the go-to Midwest, like Midwest kids. They they know how to play cars. Yeah, they definitely no doubt about like because I don't know if there's anything much else to do. I don't know if, if Indiana is the exact same as Wisconsin, but me and my boys, it always ended up. You know, we could go to you know a football game or whatever, but we always ended back up in the basement of somebody's house playing cards. You know, bullshit and like that. Any card game you could throw out a Midwest kid will be able to play. Yeah, I know. We were the same way. It's probably a little colder in Wisconsin, but other than that, because we got – it gets cold, but it's not. It ain't no – it's not cheesehead cold. I promise you that. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not the frozen tundra. There's only one no. place like that, man. But now you're, now you're, out, you're out in Sacramento. You're living, living a, a life that I feel like every Midwest kid wants to live somewhere somewhere nice and warm. Uh, tell, tell me about everything that – because you got a house now. Uh, you know, you got – I, I follow you, you know, been following you for a while and we've known about each other. So I'm, you know, seeing you grow up and like, man, I feel like you just lived a whole life in like five years. You went, you went, you got married. I want you to bring me through everything. You got married, you, yeah, man. you got drafted, you know, you're out in the, uh, in Sacramento, you're in the league, you got a wife, dogs, bring me through it, man. I need to hear about <laughs> your last couple of years. Yeah, I'd say my... One of a pro and con about me is that I always like kind of take on too much. I'm just always trying to do something or right. uh, take a bigger bite than I actually can handle. Yeah. Um, so I like to stay active. I do my thing. So, you know, uh, I met my wife in eighth grade. We uh, dated for eight out of 10 years. I've known her. Um, and my sophomore year of college, we got engaged. Um, then, you know, after that, we ended up losing the UMBC 16 seed, which was we're gonna get into that one. Uh, yeah, we'll get, so we'll come we'll come back to that. Yeah. So, um, you know, and then that kind of catapulted us into uh, being the number one seed again, um, and then ended up winning the national championship. And my whole family was able to come to all the games, which was awesome. Um, and then I had a huge decision to make whether or not I was gonna go pro or come back. Um, and my only, I kind of, I thought that I already accomplished everything I needed to at the college level. Yeah. I would have went back maybe up for player of the year, you know, maybe a higher draft stock. Um, and obviously we're going to be good. If Tony's the coach, we're going to be good. So I, that was enticing, but at the same time, I was just ready to move on. Um, and, you know, start my life as like a, an actual adult. And I always wanted to be in the NBA. And, you know, I had a good gut feeling. <laughs> I had a gut feeling that I was probably, oh my God, Kenai. <laughs> how? How are you guys energetic? How do you energetic? I don't get it. I'll take this time. Whoever's watching right now, whether it's YouTube or whether it's uh, you're listening. Well, if you're listening, you can't see, but you, this is Kyle's the first episode ever in the first studio, air quote studio, which is just my empty apartment room in the back that nobody uses. So this will one day be not so bare and we'll have some decorations. But I'm going to have to send you a jersey or something to put it, hang up there. You got to, that's a little bare. Dude, if oh you send God. me a jersey, you'll be up here. I'm everything. You send me anything, Sacramento, Kyle Guy, it's up here. 
I, I, I just raided the equipment manager for like 12 jerseys, so I'll send you one when we're, done, when we're off the phone. That, I love it. I love it. Where, where were we at? We were talking about... So, um, when that championship, I got to decide. Um, I feel like I accomplished everything. So, you know, I wanted to take the leap. Uh, I've never been a guy that is able to kind of have one foot and one out. Right. So, I initially declared for the draft and left my eligibility open mm-hmm. and after like three days I switched it I'm like no I'm out like I can't I can't have a backup plan really like in the back of my mind I had a backup plan but like of course I just, you gotta I, dive all the way in right only I, I, everything, I would assume. right no for sure and I was like what did I say um I uh I, somebody gave me this quote it was just skydiving with no parachutes man I would never literally do that, but yeah, metaphorically. No, that's a bad, that's a bad, bad idea. But I like where we're going with it. Yeah. yeah, metaphorically, it's beautiful. And that's what no, I no, did. No. And uh, lucky enough, got drafted. It was a long night. Draft night was long. The drafts were, man, 60 picks, which is like not even a quarter of what NFL or MLB does. And it right. take, it's, I was drafted at like 1.30 in the morning. And so they kept me on the edge of my seat. Of your life? Yes, for sure. Because, like, I thought going in that I was most likely going to get drafted. or um, I knew I had, like, two-way options after. Um, yeah. If I didn't get drafted from uh, Phoenix, Indiana, a couple other spots. Actually, yeah. Sacramento, if they ended up didn't take me, we were going to do a two-way. So, yeah. um, I knew I had spots so just whether or not I was going to get drafted. Luckily, uh, 55 at, like, 1.15 in the morning. Uh, you, and uh, your, you and the family were going crazy at, at one whatever in the morning? Oh, my God. It was <laughs> – so did I the had, celebration I probably, start at 150, or did we already celebrate? And then we were like, all right, let's go to bed. Kyle's got a team. Let's go. So this is what we did. We I invited my – someone lives in my neighborhood in Indiana, a really close friend. Fred might as well be an aunt. Um, she had, like, a movie theater in her basement. So I just – you know, 30, 40 people were down there, um, close friends and family in circle. And I don't know when the draft starts, 730 or 8. And – you know, it was a long night and, you know, people were drinking, people were enjoying themselves, you know, yeah. we're talking, yeah. whatever, like midnight rolls around and everyone's like kind of looking around, like trying not to be obvious, but like what's going on here. Right. We're, pick, we're at that point, we're picked like 35. And um, once pick 50 hit, I, everyone's mood was like, let's go to bed. Like this is, this is. We've been really? here for a long time. I could feel yeah, it. Yeah. I wanted to. I was like, man, like, I'll figure I'm, it out. I'm not gonna. <laughs> yeah, if I'm not gonna get drafted, like, it's whatever. I don't care. I don't need to stay up for this. Right. Um. And I felt everyone's mood start to change a little bit, like feeling sorry for me, um, which I also didn't like. And yeah, that makes me feel uncomfortable. Guaranteed. Yeah, it pissed me off. I was uh-huh. like, I don't like that. Um. And pick 54 came. As soon as it was announced, my agent texted me and said, 55, this is your pick, and it was the Knicks. I was like, I didn't work out for the Knicks, but I know this happens sometimes, but all right, sure. And uh, then after that, um, they, they announced it, um, that they uh, traded it immediately. So then family went, the mood changed after that. Mood, and, mood, uh, mood changed quick. That's, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, I, I, could, I can tell. I love the, I know we said, sky, you know, skydiving, no parachute, you know, goofy quote, but I love that. And I'm sure it seems like, you know, whether it's your, you know, relationship with your now wife or, you know, going to college and, and everything that you guys, that's where I want to move next is to Virginia because 
it's such a, I mean, cool story. And you've probably told it a million times. Um, but if there's ever anything that you left out of those, you know, interviews with, mm-hmm. with other people, now's the time to, you know, really hit on some, some, you know, deeper meanings. Cause you guys, it's a culture thing. It's gotta be, I play, mm-hmm. you know, right now in, in college basketball, I understand the separator because every single team's got a, a, you know, lineup of guys who are unbelievable. It, it's, that's just how it is. Right. right. Uh, but culture seems to be that separator. So talk to me about Virginia and how different the culture was there and, and the shift from being the first, you know, number one seed to lose, you know, you got, you know, the, the cover or whatever is you on your knees and then flipping it 365 days later to you guys winning it all. Talk about how that yeah. happens at, at a college level. Cause I'm interested because my goal is to get to where you were, you know, a year ago, right. two years ago. So when I was being recruited, Virginia was probably last or second last school to recruit me. Uh, part of that's because I committed pretty early in the process. I did it at the end of my sophomore year. Um, but also, like, he tells a story all the time. So one of the assistant coaches, Ron Sanchez, he's the head coach at uh, University of Charlotte now. Um, and Coach Bennett was in the, their war room looking for, like, how they're going to recruit, what they need, et cetera. And <laughs> Coach said it, not not knowing he was literally going to get it, but he was like, I just want – like a tough-nosed Midwest guy who can score the ball, shoot it, and just doesn't say no for an answer. Like right. like a guy from Indiana or something. And he literally said <laughs> that. And so Sanchez comes to watch um, Peyton Pritchard in this uh, Adidas Nations tournament. And I'm playing yeah. against him. I love Peyton. Peyton's my boy. Yeah. And we're going at it. And I and Sanchez calls Coach Bennett. He's like, hey, I think, I think we found our guy. And guess what? He's from Indiana. So coach flied out, flew out, and he watched every single game I played for the next, you know, two months, however long it, right. it was. And we summer. just built, yeah, just built a really nice relationship. And he was the only coach that told me that, like, you're going to have to earn everything. I'm not, you're not, I'm not guaranteeing you playing time. I'm not guaranteeing you're going to play a minute here because you have to earn it. And then everyone else was kind of telling me, like, hey, like they weren't saying, hey, you're starting. But right. they were like, you're right. going to play, like, we need you, et cetera. And Coach was like, we do need you. We, we think you're perfect for our culture, but you're going to have to earn everything that you, that you get here, and I think we can do something special. I was on board. Was this Bennett yeah. telling you that, like, you know, or was this Sanchez? This was Bennett telling me, like, okay. he, he told me, he said, I like you so much, I'm going to offer you two scholarships. And I was like, that's pretty dope. And then he was like, but look, you're, like, he told me word, verbatim, like, you're not – you're earning everything that you get here. Right. And I really like that. It resonated with me being, you know, a little scrawnier than everybody, having to always kind of having just kind of always been doubted at some point, and then I proved myself. And then at the next level, I'm doubted again. And I proved myself, and then they, just like an ongoing cycle. So I liked yeah. having to earn it once again. Um, I get on campus, which they call it grounds because they're so preppy and just – Wait, who, Virginia? Yeah, it's not called campus. It's called grounds, and you're not when a freshman. Your first year. Camp, it was the same way when we got to Charlottesville or whatever. Right. Whatever, it was grounds. Yep, yeah. Yep, yep. Yep. And they're like, it's not freshman. It's first year and second year and third year, which is whatever. I'm I'm a freshman guard at this point. Right. Um, right. And we had a pretty good season. Um, we're 23 and 11, I believe. Uh, five seed, almost lost the 12 to UNC Wilmington. 
Um, and then we ended up getting blown out by, yeah, and we got blown out by Florida the next round. Um, who was on so Florida's team that year? Devin Robinson, Casey Hill. Uh, the big dude that was there forever. Chioza was there. I was going to say, was Chioza there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chioza yeah, was there. So they were, they were good. Um, then, let's see. So that offseason, we had a lot of seniors that year. And so I played probably like 18 minutes a game and started like probably 10 to 12 games that year. So I, I worked my way into the rotation. Um, DeAndre Hunter redshirted. Yep. And Ty played like, I think close like sixteen minutes also a game. So we were we were playing and contributing, which was nice. Um, and then sophomore year comes around, and it's it's our show. It's one uh, two seniors, Isaiah Wiggins and Devin Hall. Devin Hall's on the Thunder now, and Isaiah plays overseas. Um, Isaiah was actually defense player of the year, so we were loaded. And then mm-hmm. DeAndre, myself, Ty, Mamadi, like. We were, we were good, and uh, but it was kind of, you know, our turn to really show everything that we had right. um, because we didn't have a, an amazing bench like my freshman year where I was coming off the bench. My sophomore year was like we had an eight-man rotation, and we, and we rolled with it. Right. And we went 31-3. and three. Um, I think we lost, we lost to at West Virginia was one of them. I going to throw one of those in there. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Which okay. I will say, one of my one of my favorite memories from college is walking off and you guys singing "Country Roads." Like my dad was there, and that was like one of the coolest things. Everyone's singing "Country Roads," and I'm like walking off as we lost. I mean, feel a little better, so I appreciate that actually. Hey, it's one of the best traditions <laughs> in college basketball, man. Even when you yeah. lose in there, even when you, it's a tough place yeah. to play, ain't it? No, for sure, no doubt. My dad was there, and he was like, "It's my, it's my favorite place we ever played." You know why? It was like, why? It's like one, the "Country Roads" thing. Two, you got your ass kicked. And three, it served beer. So I, that's my favorite place ever. <laughs> like, all right. Oh, I'm dude, I got to meet your dad, bro. I need to go sit down with your dad. He seems like the yeah, guy, man. No, he he's he's the guy to, you know, go to a, a you know, backyard barbecue and drink a brew with for sure. That's, um, awesome. that's awesome. So, yeah, we 31 and three. We're number one in the country the entire year, essentially. Uh, I think we started at like eight. And then as soon as we got to one, I think we lost one game and stayed at one because, like, we were legit. And um, then tournament comes around. We're the number one overall seed. We're playing uh, UMBC, Baltimore County, uh, Golden Retrievers. And every one seed has a small amount of pressure, I'd say, just in the back of their mind, like, let's not be the first team. Let's not be the first team. and we went into this. I mean, if, if you know Coach Bennett, if you've listened to any podcast or anything, like, or heard him talk, you know that he's a humble guy. He's not going to let us, like, be like, right. oh, we're not we're, – no respect for this team. We're good. We're, right. we're going to the championship. We took it one day at a time. And, man, I – it was the first game ever that I knew we were going to lose in the first half in my entire life. Like, we I, – I've, you know – I've been on a lot of winning teams with it. You know, elementary school, maybe I'm down 50 to 20. I still somehow thought we were going to win. Yeah, you'll just have 45 in the second, that's all. Yeah, right. And <laughs> in, in this game, man, we're down like 10 to 4. And there's we call media timeout. And I just see on everyone's faces, like, the pressure just, like, seeping in. Like, yeah, yeah. oh, shit. Like, it can't yeah. be us. can't be us. We, we fight the whole first half. We're down like 7 um, going into halftime. 
And halftime energy was a little different than normal. We're like, like it, I'm trying to figure out how to say it. It's like we're inspired and we're trying to motivate each other. But at the same time, there's like a somberness in our voices when we're talking. Like, like it's yeah. cracking. Like, don't cry, essentially. Right, right. And Coach Bennett comes in and gives a great speech. I don't know what he said, but I know it was great. Just like, keep doing your thing. Like, yeah. we'll, we'll be fine. Um, so is he a and, yeller? Is Bennett a yeller? He'll yell. He's not a yeller, though, but he'll yell for sure, especially usually just on defense. If you do something wrong on defense, he'll yell at you. Other than that, he gave us a lot of freedom on offense, especially my junior year. Yeah. Um, and he just kind of – he's just one of the best people I ever met. Like, he knows how to get the best out of you without yelling or without being too calm or he's got a good little balance. I'm sure you have a different yeah. experience. Yeah, a I had a different experience. I played for Coach Huggins, who was going to be etched into the Hall of Fame with a, with a face. Just probably if they could put, like, a beat red face and screaming, that's how he gets the most out of, out of his guys. And, hey, you know, 800 wins is 800 wins. It works. Right? So, no. They, yeah. there's, everyone has a different way. There is. There is. But, you know, I, I have, you know, the utmost respect for a guy like Tony Brandon, not only because, you know, what he does as a coach, but he's a Wisconsin guy. So, you know, we, right. we ride for each other. And, and I, I, I'm curious. I want you to keep going. Um, and just tell me more about what makes Bennett so good, like at what he does. Yeah. You, you kind of alluded to how good of a person he is and stuff like that. Tell me why he's a guy that I'm assuming – Right now, if you picked up the phone and called him, you guys could sit and talk for an hour. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, he's, like, super faith-based, which – and he does a really good job, even if you're not faith-based. Like, he doesn't push it on you. He just says, like, like we prayed before games. So he's like, if you don't want to, just bow your head and, you know, moment of silence, whatever. Like, he never pushed stuff on you. But – and he was so, like – he would take stuff from African proverbs or – from something that um, like other religions just because like it resonated with him. Like it wasn't like he was just like only reading scripture from, yeah. you know, the Bible. So it's cool. It kind of resonated with everyone. Even someone who doesn't believe in a higher power, you still like the message that he's saying. Um, and he, so he has that aspect, which is awesome. He's super personable. And what makes him a great coach for me is just, he's not as much as people hate like our pace and like we play defense. He's really, he's, very willing to adapt like my freshman year we we uh hedged hard like a hard show and got yeah. back my sophomore year we kind of level showed my junior year we did everything we even switched one through five like he doesn't whatever's gonna win is what he does he just has his little system and he makes his adjustments his quick hitters are unbelievable um I'm, i'll get to the you know the whole final four thing like those plays that got us back yeah. in the game were uncanny like they're so he's super he's, progressive is what you're, you're like if you have, yes. i mean just progressive on the court off the court he wants to make guys feel comfortable but yeah. is he a motivator does you know like or does he instill this confidence in yeah him? all right so i'm gonna finish the umbc game and then i will yeah. tell you just how I motivated love, love he it. is okay all the stories you got but right so it's like 10 to 4 media timeout see it on everyone's face oh no i'm already past that halftime boom we come out and, um, I mean, we fought the whole game. No one can ever say anything against that. And that's all I really cared about at the end of the day. Now, like, looking back on it, that we fought till the end. Right. But, man, I mean, this game was in Charlotte, which uh, 
a lot of UMBC people there. Like, it was almost a home game for them. Legit. It was crazy. I couldn't yeah. believe it. Like, not that 16 seeds don't have a fan base, but I was just shocked that the arena well, was mostly black and gold. Schools. Yeah. Right. They're generally just smaller schools. Yeah, that's correct. And so they had the momentum going into halftime. We come out, and we we're, we executed our game plan. You know, shots weren't going in. We turned the ball over a little bit, and they just weren't missing, man. And we, they had this really KJ Mar was his name. He's like five six, maybe. Yeah. Really small guard. Wait. He was splitting our ball screens. He was going around our hard shows. We switched, and he went right by. Right by, got the paint, kicked out. And as much as Jarius Lyles, who had like thirty that game, and just didn't miss. I think right. KJ was probably the MVP because he just – we couldn't contain him, which then opened right. up everything else. And, man, we, we, we lost by 20. Like, it wasn't like it was, you know – Yeah. It was – I mean, it was probably a little closer than 20, but, like, in you retrospect – You had in your stomach from the tip damn near? I'd say when it was 10-4 in my stomach. I'm not going to speak for the rest of the team. In my oh. stomach, 10-4, I'm like, oh, shit. Like, we really about to lose – like, like, it, it creeped in my mind that was a possibility. And then with 10 minutes left in the second half, I'm like, dude, we're done. Like, the crowd's going there's, crazy. They're dunking, hitting threes. Yeah. It was – There's that eerie – was... there's That's one of the most lonely places to be. Like, like darkest, eeriest place to be on a basketball court is, you know, they get – like, you know, everything's going wrong. Everything's going wrong. I played my freshman year. We had so much stuff. Guys were getting kicked off the team. Everything was yeah, just yeah, – yeah. It was a mess. Uh, and we go into Texas Tech. I'm a freshman, and I'm playing in Lubbock. And that, that was my time. Like, from the tip, I'm like, this is going to get ugly. This is going to get ugly. Yeah. That, that breakaways dunking. You got people, you know, dudes in Speedos shaking it behind the back. I'm right. just like, get me out of Texas, please, please. Yeah. It is a weird feeling. Sometimes you get that it's, in your gut, though. Man. Yeah, no, lonely is a great way to, to yeah. kind of describe that. Like, so we lost, yeah, they had the picture of me kind of on my knees at half court, which I ended up, it was a, it was a newspaper front page too. So yeah. I have that hung up on my wall. It's still hung up on my wall today. Like I had it hung up forever. And so we go, we lose, whatever. We go off the court, man. And this is where it gets awesome and crazy. So our seniors, like, that's the first thing I did. I went and told them I'm sorry, like, for letting right. them down because, I mean, we had these – we're 31-3. Like, we're supposed to go Final Four at the least. And we had mm-hmm. a semi – you know, anything happened in March, but it was a favorable matchup all the way to the Final Four. Yeah, like, you had a good yeah, – Buffalo had beat Arizona. We had Kansas State the next game. Kentucky was all the way at the bottom. We played them in Elite Eight. Like, we had a very favorable route to the Final Four. And um, so we lose – we go, I tell all the seniors, sorry. I don't remember what Coach Bennett said after that, but, I like, nobody was listening. Um, I'm sure he said something great. And he pulled me and Ty, Jerome, to the side. He said, hey, I want you guys to do the interview, like, for media, because I don't want to put the seniors in this position. Like, this is their – this was their last game, and I don't want them to have to deal with this. And you guys are the future, so you guys are going to be brave for them. And I was like, wow, like, he's protecting them. He's making us better, like – and he knew that we would be able to handle it. So we go up there, and this this dude, man, one of the UVA's reporters who had re- reported for us all year, yeah. goes and, and asks, he asks Ty, he's like, this is a question for Ty. Um, do you guys realize that you're the first team to lose to a 16 seed? 
And I was so infuriated. And if you see on pull the clip, when Ty responds, like he is pissed off, resting face. Like, are you kidding me? You're going to ask that question to a bunch of. Together and answer? Hell together, man. I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was something like, yeah, we realized. And then that was it. And I was like, oh, I love you. Yeah, he's a bigger man than I am. I would have threw yeah. the microphone at the dude's head. <laughs> <laughs> I would have tomahawked it, it right at his dome, dude. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. It was unbelievable. And, and Coach has some really remarkable things up there as well. And so where it really gets crazy, so obviously this dude has his comment. And then we yeah. go and um, we have a bunch of death threats. So we, because a lot of gamblers, you know, picked us to win it. So they're, they gave us death threats. And so they're gonna blow up the hotel. They're gonna come in our rooms and stuff. And so we had police escort all the way. This is like a straight from a movie, bro. Right after we lose, first time ever doing something on the bad side of history. Right. We go and we're walking through the kitchen with police men and women taking us to our rooms through the kitchen. Like it's the most was there obscure anybody, like, scene. Physically, physically, like there waiting at anywhere where they said some crazy stuff or no? No, they were. You could. It, it, a lot, most of it was online, but where we drove by, there was a bunch of people like screaming at our bus outside the hotel, like on the block. It's like there's a hotel and a bunch of restaurants, so I don't know if they were like at the hotel or not, but they were like outside of it yelling at the bus. And then we got to the kitchen and we were good from there. But they had to, one by one, police uh, had to take us to our rooms, make sure you we had, got there. You had literal death threats after losing that game to UMBC. Yeah. That the crazy, that's got to be the craziest moment in your high your college career, like hands down, right? Hands down. I never, I never but, thought I would experience anything like that. Man, I've had, like, I mean, you miss a free throw and you might have an Insta, you know, Instagram DM like, yo, you, right, you right. blew the spread, you fucking idiot, I hate you, blah, blah, yeah. blah, whatever. But death threats, I mean, man, it was maybe the insane. country, look, maybe the country needed a little break from sports because that is, that's like next level. I knew it got crazy. Right? But I didn't know all that with the loss. How did, how did, how did the loss switch gears here? You said you got, you know, that hanging up. You know, this is why me and you can relate. And I was so excited to jump on this podcast with you because if anything like that happens, I have newspaper clippings from high school. I have clippings from college. I have everything, articles. Why you know West Virginia doesn't have a true point guard. Blah blah. blah. Right. Right. How how does how does being the first number one seed drive you, motivate you? What does that do to you as a person and as a player going into that next year? Or even to, to this day? Yeah. So that's kinda of, this is kinda of where Coach Bennett was such a freaking catalyst for a lot of our careers and bouncing back from this is his ability to lead. He uh so we take our three weeks off after the season or whatever. Yeah. Um dark place for a lot of us. We're walking around campus with Hat, hood, sunglasses, and, uh, you know, at the time, there wasn't AirPods. So we just had the earbuds. Um, And people are looking at us, you know, talking behind our back, whatever. We know what's going on. We know the deal. And we just don't want to deal with it. And so he called us in after three weeks. We're supposed to have a workout, and we um, didn't. He just wanted us to watch a TED Talk. We watched this great – it's called The Storyteller. I'll I'll shoot you who actually Uh, does it. I can't remember. And – at the end, he goes, if you use adversity right, it can it can catapult you to a place you wouldn't have gone any other way. So essentially, 
if you hadn't have lost to the 16th season, you wouldn't have won the championship. So like, you, like, and, and this quote, man, like struck a core with everyone on the team. And we heard it. We we're like, Oh shit, we're going, we're all right. We got some business yep. to do. So we watched this and we said that throughout the whole year, he made sure that we didn't let it define us the, the loss, but he made sure that we recognized it and, you know, we, we didn't forget it. And we, we right. essentially were able to do that. And, you know, that, that loss and, you know, one of the coolest parts of the loss was like, the only game I watched the rest of the whole tournament was UMBC. I was rooting for them. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let me, you know, go ahead and beat Kansas state. Right. They lost, but it was like, yeah. that's the only game I watched. I didn't want to watch anything else. And we're sitting around the whole team in, in one of the apartments and we're just reading these DMS, like you were talking about of everyone saying, you guys suck, you cowards. And we're just yeah. reading them like laughing, like who has the worst one? Like that right there is a memory. Right. I'll always remember that just kind of made it feel okay. Like it was a, it was all right that we lost and that yeah. it's not the end of the world. You felt um, human again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause for a time we just, you know, I was just a Jersey. Um, and, yeah, and yeah. you know, and when we did that, it definitely humanized us. And, um, again, that, that lost I, to this day made me a better person, better player. No, I, I believe that. And I assume that was so, and it is, it is really cool. And I don't, I don't think I've ever given, given it enough thought in terms of, you know, I don't know where my life leads or your life leads, you know, our stories are, are written already, but if it ever does lead into, you know, college coaching, there's so much to be taken from, from your, you know, previous coach and Tony Bennett and just leading. I don't, it doesn't have to be coaching. For him to right. be able to take that, and I'm going to name drop real quick because I love him to death and he's a guy I can call my high school coach um, who's a, you know, he was – wasn't born in, but he's a Wisconsin guy um, and through and through. And he's a lot like Tony um, in that right. way. They were able to use adversity, whole different you know, scale and level, but Hall of Famers in their own right. Um, and I, ju I just think that's really cool. My, my question for you, a lot of them revolved around, you know, UVA, um, you know, turn around, win a national championship. From that championship alone, I mean, his, his story, his legacy – lives in Charlottesville and in college basketball, I feel like forever right. now. I mean, right? So, yeah. I now, would, I, yeah. Now moving into, you know, you getting drafted. We talked about draft night and how crazy. Go a little lighter, though. Tell me what, uh, tell me what everyday life um, looks like as, a, as an NBA player now and how that's changed from college. Yeah, so. You got my, a lot of free my, time my, on your hands? Um, yes and no. Like my, my situation's weird, man. So I'm on this two way contract, which is, you know, pretty new to the NBA. Um, so I split time with the G League team and the NBA team. Um, all of preseason, I'm with the NBA team, training camp, the first five games of the season, I was with the NBA. So I got to see what it was like. And it's, it's dope, man. It's super professional. Like you're, you get in what you put out. No, sorry you get out what you put in. There we go. Right, right. And, yeah, yeah. and you didn't even catch I messed that up. <laughs> no, I did. I, I, I just – one of those, like, Oxford things where it just all – Yeah. Right. You you understood. And, um, and it's just like if you don't want to be – if you don't want to be great, then you won't. And if you want to be a good NBA player and last, you will. Like, you have the free time – 
on the road, you honestly have more free time than 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 oh. not because you're just kind of chilling in the hotel room, like either playing cards together, watching a movie. You know, some guys like to go out. Like you can do whatever you want on the road, but here, like when I'm home. I felt like I had less time because they kept us longer for practice and there's more treatment, there's more lifting, there's, you know, we don't really lift on the road. So like, it's, there's just more to do um, right. when, when you're, when you're home. Uh, but then with the, with the G league, I, I enjoyed the G league. Like a lot of people were shit on it because like we fly commercial and we bust, but guess what, dude, I got all my miles from flying commercial. I don't get miles in the NBA team. I get my G League miles. So I got like five free flights right now. <laughs> you gonna take one of them? You got a, you got something coming up this summer, like this off season. Are you gonna, you gonna get out of Sacramento or go back to Indiana? What you, what's your? Plan? I'll go back to Indiana. I'm having, I'm so I'm having a golf outing in a month. So I'll go back to Indiana, do that. But I'm not. I want to. I want to go on a trip like Hawaii or something. But it's just not like with COVID and with, you know, all these quarantines and having to get tested 72 hours before and stuff, it's just not worth it, man. I just, I'd rather stay safe and just kind of, I'll probably be working out in LA. I'll just stay there for the summer. So, uh, I'll, so I'll just You're going to keep... stay in California pretty much? Yeah, yeah. I'll go home for a short stint and then uh, I'll be in California for the off season. Gotcha. Yeah. That's good. Uh, how's, uh, How's everything, you know, married life? What's the what's the wife been up to while you're on the road, and and what's her life look like? If if she don't mind me asking, we can cut. No, don't want it. No, no, for sure. Like, uh, she she works for so she's way out of my league and just way smarter than me. And I like she graduated in three years. I tried to do it, and I still don't have a degree. So, um, <laughs> she she um she works for a, an assembly member at the at the Capitol. So she's helping trying to get bills passed and she's the media PR uh, person for wow. uh, Kevin, Kevin McCarty. So yeah, she's, there's a lot of police reform. She's trying to get pushed through. There's a lot of good things that she's, uh, that she's working on right now. So. So she's 10 times smarter than me and you both combined. Com combined for sure. Yeah. For sure. That's good. Yeah. No, that that's dope. And she does. Is she do still doing? I know you guys were doing YouTube for a little while. Are you guys still doing mm -hmm. videos and stuff like that, or what? Um, we've kind of taken a break. She, uh, I mean, with me, it was the middle of the season, and uh, her getting this job, like, yeah. She um she decided that she not that she didn't have time, but she'd rather focus all her energy on on making the changes that that need to be made anyway. So I was all for it. Dude, we need we need more people just like her in the world right now. You want to, you know, I don't know. I, every time you turn on the TV or you go on Twitter, you know, something else is is going on. How is how right. is everything with COVID and you know social unrest out in Sacramento? That's good, man. So um, actually, unfortunately, uh, my grandfather got COVID and passed away early on when it kind of maybe maybe like three weeks into quarantine, like when it was really serious. Yeah, it was and, the early like, stage, right? early stage so that was a that was a eye-opener not that I wasn't taking it seriously but like it just made me take it more seriously and like it, it was it was really tough because I, I drove home to Indy for like the funeral and stuff and yeah everything just happened so quick you can't go into the hospitals you can't um like the funeral is only 10 people and you're all sitting six feet apart and like it was just a really quick and strange way to have to grieve and uh, 
which made it really tough. But honestly, you know, I know he's in a better place now. And I know that, you know, I can use his story to kind of, I was trying to make it a story. So everyone understood like the severity of not wearing a mask or, you know, uh, going to Florida for spring break, like all that kind of stuff. That was, um, so that, that made it easier for me to kind of follow the rules. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, there's, there's with all that stuff going on, then you, you know, you end up in the, in the bubble. So you gotta, you gotta take that in stride, you know, losing your grandfather, which me and you relate with in the past year. I mean, it's one of the toughest things that I've ever gone through. So then you, mm-hmm. you go into the bubble. How do you, how do you manage to, you know, you, you reset, you know, after something like that, you know, where is your focus at going in uh, as, as you go down to Orlando? Yeah, so for me, man, it was like I'll be straight up candid and honest with you because I'm a – I think you know, and a track record speaks with like I'm a winner. That's what I want to do is I want to win. Yep. And my situation, um, two ways luckily got to go. And we uh, were fighting for this kind of playing game, 8-9 seed for the playoffs. Right. Um, and we dropped our first two maybe even three. I don't remember, actually. And that was like three weeks ago. But we dropped our first two or three. We fell really behind in the race, and we got a much-needed win um, to keep us alive. And then we ended up uh, going uh, either two and six or three and five, I don't know, and out of contention. So those last three games for me was just like, all right, I want a little bit of time to, you know, prove myself, show my worth, kind of get better and use it as a learning experience. And I had played in – so there were scrimmages beforehand, and I played in two of the scrimmages and uh, played pretty well. I played like 16 minutes total in the two games, and um, and I played well. And I'm trying to – maybe I can take a tip from you. I'm trying to convert back to kind of being more of a point guard or, yeah. or like a legit combo guard. I always was a combo guard, but I never – I was always dominantly a two. Yeah. Um, and in high school, it doesn't really count because, you know, I was, I was the best player. So, like, if I needed to bring the ball, I'd play the way I did. And, no doubt. Um, but college, I was dominantly – predominantly a two. Um, and now I'm trying to – I don't think that I play like Lou Williams, but the way that he can – he's lasted in the league. He's played point guard, shooting guard. He can shoot it, score. He still defends it. You know, he's not – definitely not a liability or wouldn't be in the league. So, um, that's kind of who I was – paying attention to throughout the bubble and then trying to emulate when I got my, my chance. Yeah. So a backcourt Swiss army knife of sorts. That's what Lou Williams really is. Right. Right. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for you as somebody who lost at, at the pinnacle as being a number one seed, you lose to the number 16 seed, you go through that, you got death threats, you walk around campus, people are talking, you know, behind your back, all this stuff in terms of basketball, you know, being in a spot like that, what does confidence mean? And is, is there is there a place in your career or a moment that you can touch on that that's when you realize, because I've had people tell me before, and I grab onto this, in anything in life, the aggressor normally wins. And if you're not confident in yourself, nobody else is going to be confident for you. So those are two kind of, you know, bullet points that I have written down on my phone. What does confidence mean for you as a basketball player and where did it kind of flip your game into or onto another level? Yeah, man, I'd say probably my senior year of high school is where I really figured out how to be a killer, how to be confident and humble at the same time, find that really nice balance. Um, 
I, I, I used to be nervous before every game from I was younger till junior high school. Senior year, flipped a switch, and I just I worked so hard that summer that I knew that I had worked too hard to be nervous for a game and everything. All the work I did was harder than this game was going to be. Right. Um, and, and that's really where I figured out uh, the, the happy medium between being arrogant and just being confident in yourself right. and still being able to be humble while you know really believing in yourself and and you're right no one's gonna be confident for you like if anything there's gonna be more people doubting you than than you know and pulling you down dragging you down like yeah then then you know building you back up so you gotta do that yourself or find that really tight-knit circle that'll help you do it yeah it's a it's a beautiful balance you know the the guys that that have it um they might not be overly loud uh, my my thing is, and he wasn't loud until he had to be loud, but Damian Lillard in the bubble. Um, in terms of loud, I mean, actually vocally, um, when it came down to him, PG, and Pat Bev and all that stuff, Dame is that balance. Like, mm-hmm. you can see it. He's not talking much on the court, He's not, but he drops 60, a cool 60 on you. And every time he puts up, he thinks that thing's going down. I don't even think it's a conscious thing for him at this point, right? Yeah, no, he, he, that guy, probably my favorite player in the league right now. Just like, I for sure, not that I didn't think he was good before, but just like, on full head over heels on the bandwagon right now. Like, he's, 100%. he's legit. You're right. He's a cold stone killer. He doesn't need to say much, you know, but he will let you know if you're going to come at him and yeah, he's not going to take it. So I like that. No, yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful balance. That arrogance and confidence is something that, you know, people battle with all the time. But, you know, I tell people, uh, especially, you know, whether they're, you know, guys on my team, guys from high school, uh, you know, guys from my high school that are moving into college, you know, 95% of this whole thing, whether it's basketball or life, is, is confidence. I feel like that. I don't know what you feel, but, I mean, you can accomplish so much I feel like people hold themselves back way too, way too often. And that's why I wanted to touch on this with you because I figured you'd have a, a good, uh, you know, perspective on it, but um trying to think here, anything else you got, anything else you want to touch on before we let you uh, get back to the dogs and, and uh, home life. They finally, they finally, I am happy to be back. I'm not going to lie. Like the bubble was fun. Um, I got closer to my teammates, which is kind of hard to get close with your teammates in the NBA. I feel like, because unless you guys live like the exact same lifestyle, because some people are married, some people have yeah. kids, some people are living the single life, some people are, you know, big gamblers, some people are whatever, whatever, and not, yeah. not everyone meshes well. Right. And then, then on top of that, everyone's fighting for a paycheck. So as much as it's, you know, that's why there's only a few really good teams because they figured out winning gets us all paid. So I don't care about the money. But some people just want the money, and then you have clashes. There's beef, and then it's it trickles all the way down and there's, you know, bad aroma all around the fucking team. So I love, I love what you just said. Winning gets us all paid. I mean, that is, I mean, even in high school or not even, yeah, let's talk high school. Winning gets you all paid because in, in high school mm-hmm. and AU, everybody's trying to get theirs because I want a scholarship. You mm-hmm. win, you end up in the final four of tournaments. Big coaches come to watch those games. They know that's where the winners are college same thing you know now we're on a couple hundred thousand dollars scholarship we're not maybe getting paid uh exactly but there's monetary value soon hopefully soon hopefully you think so is that is that what you'd like to see uh yeah for sure i don't 
I don't, I mean, the only problem is just being able to pay all athletes and whether or not everyone's going to get on board with being paid different amounts. How would you, that's going to be the hardest thing. Draw it up. So what do you mean by different amounts? Like, you know, because I look, I'm probably one of the biggest sports geeks out there. I love, I'm big into golf right now. I love soccer. So I got respect for all sports, but right. If it's not making money, you can't be paid the same amount as sports that do make money. So that's that like, and, and there's more uh, non-revenue making sports than revenue making sports. So if all those sports say, no, I don't like it, then it's going to be hard to just pay two or three sports, you know, yeah. because so no. everyone's got to be on the same page and that's going to be really, really, really tough. So do you think universities should pay student athletes? You think it should come from them or, or do you think, because, because that's where I think it gets stupid money. And, and, and I, I agree with you, football, men's basketball, they, whatever the, in terms of largest revenue, you know, generating sources, those are your, your kind of sports right. or whatever. But I just think a first really good step is this, this name, this NIL, this name image likeness thing, because maybe if, you know, WBU or UVA is not paying us directly, I don't think you should be able to, you know, tell somebody you can't go create the biggest, you know, YouTube channel at your age, or you right. can't, you know, create a merchandise line that makes you what I don't think you can stop somebody from being an entrepreneur. I don't think I that's agree. fair. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think that's probably that you're right. That's a really good start because then you have the power to make as much money as you want. It's just right. coming up with, you know, a way to do that. And, and that, that might solve everything. I don't know. Like, it, cause now people can kind of be sponsored a little bit too. Right. Like, right. Yep. so, I mean, that might solve, a lot of the issues um we'll see how it goes this is the first year for it right so they just came out um i think it it, it was going through the senate or something like that something popped up on my phone and i read through it i uh, i don't know for certain if it's january of this year or january of next year the ncaa is trying to push it to the back burner which is yeah. you know on par for them you know on par. nothing against them but it's just you know what the culture is in the organization so hopefully right. it's this year um, but yeah, it would be interesting to see, cause I always like asking people, how would you draw it up? You know, who's getting paid? What, if it comes from the university that, that gets, that gets tough, I feel like, because some, you know, there's not as many people at our women's, you know, rowing as there is at a, at a football game. And that's just, right. is what it is. How it is. They don't mm-hmm. work their ass off. Our rowers right. work their ass off. I couldn't do a rowing workout if you paid me. I, I couldn't either, off. man. I've seen them. I've seen it work. I couldn't do it. Those are, you know, those are, and they put so much into it and, you know, there's, there's something in it for them for sure. But it's just that, that, that monetary value, I think a good first step is, is what's happening here. Uh, yeah. But we'll see. Motor you got any uh, crazy bubble stories? What was the weirdest thing about being in that bubble down there in Orlando? Or was I mean, it not that weird? Was it okay? It really wasn't that weird, man. It was like. It was like just being on the road for at a hotel for a really long time. Like, I mean, you got tested every day, so that's abnormal. And then right. you got, like, these protocols, like, uh, you got to wear your badge and the magic band everywhere you go. And yeah. you got to sign in everywhere. And so there's, like, some abnor- abnormality to it. But, like, it was dope. I mean, I just played cards and golfed and fished all for free slash getting paid for. Yeah. Like while you know not having very much responsibility and being able to hoop, like I mean it was kind of the life to be honest. Yeah. I mean it sucked 
and it was definitely a sacrifice leaving family and like you know and you know you have to take care of your responsibilities at home but other than that like it was dope everyone complained about the food but you know I, i'm fine with pb and j all day every day so i was good me an uncrossable a box of uncrossables i'm good leave me be I'm good give me a frozen pizza and i'm you're i'm good so like there was and there's restaurants there like you can order soul food you could order pizza yeah um there was a restaurant downstairs that had some fire wings and lemon pepper wings were crazy that's probably the best thing i had down there so it was dope. those do sound good are you you boneless or two bones or just bone in I'm for sure bone-in guy, but I like the uh, the wing more than the drumstick. Yeah, 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 the two bones or wing, yeah. Yeah, the two, I'm sure. a two bone, I'm a two bone, two bone for, bones, sure. for sure. I saw, this, I saw this thing on TikTok, you pull one of the two out, you, you smash it down, and, smash you, it down and you just yeah. eat the whole thing, it's the best way to eat a wing, I won't eat it any differently, I swear. Wow, um, wow, that's dope. So you had a bunch of free time down in the bubble, and now you're going to have, you know, a couple, what do you got, a couple weeks, couple months until we're we're back in into season stuff or what do you got? well not to not to make this segment any longer but there's like this it's not for certain we're gonna have season next year like we gotta like there's a new there's a new cba that has to be made like co collective bargaining agreement between like owners and players and stuff so like there's still a lot and that's that's amid all this covid stuff that they amid all this job with but right and we're not playing like we're not playing in arena next year we're playing in bubbles like multiple bubbles really yeah wow that that's insane i mean I, I understand it and think it's completely adam silver is the man oh my I mean, god he does he's things. the goat he's the goat him and him and david stern i saw i'm in a sport management program at school and i don't write any papers other than about david stern adam silver i just that's all right. i do yep. it's unbelievable yep. dude i mean he's, he's yeah. the one MLB, NFL, they just look at – I feel like they just look at the NBA right now and be like, that's what we like, need to do. Yeah, how do we do this? How do we do it just like them? Yeah. So, well, so, I mean, we'll see, yeah. man. So, technically, I have until further notice. I'm just kind yeah. of on my so own. Yeah, you, so you have an unmarked amount of time here. Are, are you are you all in the gym right now and you're just focused on, you know, whenever the next time you, you step on the court is? Um, or, or what do you do – how do you fill up your free time? That's the other big point outside of confidence and how, you know, whether there's kids watching this that are big Kyle Guy fans or whatever, and they can take that confidence piece that you threw out there. Um, right. Also, I feel like there's so much, I don't know if you, you and I have the same brain in this way, but I just, I hate wasting time. Like it really bugs me and it irks me. You know what I mean? When it's not creating value in my life, I'll almost yep. yell at myself. I played Call of Duty way too much the past two weeks. I'm like, dude, I have to stop. Like, I need to, I, you know what I mean? So we might be the same person, Jordan. Look at, like, we might be the same person. I, uh, <laughs> I no, I hate wasting time. And I'm yeah. always trying to do something. The only thing I do that is technically wasting time is I'm a, like, I'm a movie buff. So I watch a lot of movies. That's but that's value for me. Yep. That's value yep. for me. Because I, hey. I want to kind of get into the movie industry anyway when I'm done playing. So, like. Here we go. Now I'm tapping into the Kyle guy. Yeah, you're tapping it. So that's not that's not invaluable. That's invaluable for me. Um, but I man, look, I spend a lot of time with my dogs. I, I like to golf. Um, actually, I read a lot. I was playing a little bit of Call of Duty also, and I sold my Xbox because I was like, nope, I don't want. I don't. I can't. I'll get trapped. I'll get trapped. 
Dude, we're the same person. I swear, I, we might actually, we should take a 23 and me and make sure we're not somehow related. <laughs> we should. I'm down. I'm down. And I like, is that, the, you like country? Is that Cody Jenks on your shirt? It is Cody Jenks on my shirt. I appreciate Wow, Thunder Heavy Rain. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, dude. I love it. Oh my goodness. No, so, no. so you, you, you're somebody who's always taking advantage of, of their time and their day and stuff like that. Um, is there anything like let's talk about this movie thing just just briefly before we, before I let you go here? I've said before yep. I let you go three. No, times. it's all good. I I um, kept the conversation going, so we're good. I love I love that. I knew you would do it. So, t- I don't care if it's the wildest like you know preconceived notion that you have in your head of what the movie industry down the line. What is twenty years ahead? Like, what's the wildest thing that you could see for yourself? So this whole quarantine, I did. A, I wanted to make sure that I was taking advantage of it and came out on the other side better than I was. And so <laughs> resonating, I love it. So my trainer, Derek Grant, back in Indiana, one of the best people ever. He's like my mentor. Yeah. And we were getting up at 5 a.m., going to his garage, and we were like having class, essentially. And he uh, had us write down like goals. like. He wanted this, like, for me, what I found out is if my goal doesn't sound crazy to somebody, then I got to figure out a different one because I don't like it. And so one of my goals that I wrote down, I think it was for, it was either my seven-year or ten-year goal. I can't remember, but I want to win an Oscar. And that can be in any fashion of it. I can be an actor or it could be directing or producing or whatever. Like, I just want to, I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm writing a movie right now, actually, like a little screenplay. Little war movie. That's all I'm gonna say. But um, hold, on, hold on, hold on, Before you say that's all I'm gonna say. Give me a little tip, like something. What is it about? What is it about? And don't you don't gotta give nothing away. Just give me right. maybe one word that people are gonna be like, what? Okay, give me something. All right. Oh, I can't give you one word, but it's it's a true story, and right. it's based off. So my dad's a marine. My uncle is a marine. My grandparents were uh, in the army. Like I have a lot of military, so it resonates with me. And, you know, I, uh, it's essentially about the Iraqi Operation Iraqi Freedom. So the first Iraqi war and getting to Baghdad as, as fast as possible and kind of the internal struggle between um, the, the soldiers, like kind of not so much, not too much on the PTSD part, but just like right. how traumatic these experiences are that people don't necessarily realize. Yeah, they, 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 they don't. And it's, it's something that continually needs more and more. I mean, there's a lot going on in our world right now, but that's something yeah. that needs to continually, because it's part of history and it's, you know, eventually going to repeat itself and we need to be more prepared than we were for what our soldiers came back with and, you know, what they went through. Wars are going to change, right. but they're going to continue. And that's the, un- you know, unfortunate part of life. But right. dude, if you're writing that as a screenplay, I honestly think you're my favorite person ever i'm not even lying from this whole conversation i'm not bullshitting like i don't go check all the other podcasts i love everybody who's been on the show but Mm -hmm. i've never sat here honestly been more motivated i'm getting my ass up i'm going to the gym uh as soon as we're done and And listening to cody jinx on the way and listen cody jinx and i've never resonated with somebody this much man you you're gonna be you're gonna be back on the show i need you back on the show whether it's you know six months to a year from now Right. Uh, if you're cool with it, I would love to have you back. Always, and see, um, see how this down. replay's coming. 
Yeah, I know. I'm always down. I've been, shit, I've been, I kind of forget sometimes that we're different ages, but like, I've been, I've been following you since you were just a little dribbler on Instagram. <laughs> I had to get away from it. I had to get away from it. I yeah. Mean, so my, show, so, show, show the people there's a little bit more to your game. Oh, dude, 100%. And some people hate it. Some people love it, but I don't really give a shit. My, yeah, my, plan and my 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 journey is my journey just like it is yeah. yours so mm-hmm. all right brother let me uh i'm gonna let you go get back to the dogs and the wife i appreciate you jumping on dude you killed it i'm so happy for sure thank you, you. <laughs> i'm so happy. yeah yeah